right, everybody, it's the Audi84 Show live here from quarantine week 375. We've been in quarantine since uh, Nixon was president. And uh, this is episode 150 here on the interwebs. As always, below me, we have Adam DeMallet. Hello. Did you yeah. just say week three seventy five? Three hundred and seventy five. We've been in quarantine. In quarantine? We've been in quarantine since Nixon was president. Case, oh, okay. Case you right. didn't know. And to the left of me, you have Ryan. I'm not Danny Glover's brother. Although, do you have a brother, Danny? I never I even asked you that. No, no. I met Danny Glover once though, and he he yelled at me. Why'd he yell at you for? That seems a little aggressive. <laughs> no, like uh like I don't know, man. I guess he has like some issues and stuff or everything. Like uh so like I told him like we had the same last name. Yeah. And you know, there's um like I guess he's had some past issues and stuff or everything of people like you know using his last name and stuff or everything, and he was like, We're not related. <laughs> like, I don't know you, but it wasn't yeah. me. Who's been using his name? Like I had nothing to do with those issues, but uh, like he's becoming know, a senile. He's becoming a senile old man. It's pretty much what's <laughs> happening. I mean, that's kind of obvious, right? There's a lot of people with similar last names. You know, I wonder yeah. if people go up to him whose first name's Danny and be like, "Hey, we got the same first name." Same he's first. like, "You've been using my identity, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Danny." Um, yeah. So this is episode 150. If you're watching on Facebook tonight, we're gonna do two episodes back to back. A couple guests on each one. Uh, we had a cancellation for the second one, but we'll get into that on episode 151, which will be happening around nine o'clock tonight. Um, but, uh, other than that, how was your Labor Day weekend, fellas? Man, excellent. Like I, I, uh, really enjoyed it and stuff and everything. So Did you do- I, uh, I went to the wharf, man. Like, you know what I mean? And stuff like where we had like, you know, had drinks and stuff. I just took my yeah. family over there. And like, you know, and stuff, everything, you know, ate some, uh, you know, fried dough and, you know, let my kids play in the park. And it's nice over there. That's where you can pick up the. It is. For a single guy, it's a good place to pick up the ladies. I bet, yeah. But for a family guy, it's a great place to bring the family. Actually, I was, uh, we uh, took engagement pictures over there back in the day. Um, okay. It's a nice little place. Went there on my, it's a good first date place, you know. But, uh, you know, for girls, it's very, very risky to go on a first date there, especially during the nighttime and the wintertime because you could throw her into the water and no one would know. <laughs> There's usually a lot of people around, so I don't know if that would work. Not in, not on Tuesday night in January. That's Oh, that's true. Yes. That's a good place yeah. to tie a couple of fishing weights to her ankles and give her the old kicksie right into the water. You know what I mean? I like, uh, when I first came to, like, Boston, I, uh, I like, you know, ended up over there um, after like this Nipsey Hustle show at the House of Blues and yeah. stuff and everything. And I was like trying to get back to Cambridge and like I, I was ended up lost. And like actually like a bartender from that bar actually came and like, you know, he like uh, he bought me a lift. So I get back to Cambridge because my phone had died and everything. So oh, from where we were, I guarantee. Yeah, yeah. It, so I know it definitely wasn't Eric Danger Powers because uh, he would never buy anyone lifts. Um, I could guarantee it was a guy named Steve, and uh, he's been working there forever. And uh, next time I see Steve, I'm actually friends with him on Facebook. I'm gonna ask him, "Did you ever help Donnie, Danny Glover's son, Ryan, <laughs> to get a cab back to Cambridge?" I mean, because that's pretty much, jeez, uh, you're pretty much going the uh, opposite direction if you end up in Christopher Columbus. Uh, can we say Christopher Columbus Park anymore, or is that against the rules? I know they took the statue I guess, down. I think it's still okay, yeah, but it's still trying to be overturned. I think they should name it to Christopher Cross Park, and they should just play Christopher Cross songs. Like, Salem should just be playing in the background the entire time, which would make sense because you see boats all the time. He's like, yeah, yeah. Sailing. 
take me away. He's a big dude. You ever see what Christopher Cross looks uh, Cross looks like? No. He's he's Let me he, Google it. he's like short and stubby. He's like in his like late sixties, but he looks really young. And he has had a high voice. And his daughter is an absolute smoke show. So you gotta take what look Christopher Cross's daughter looks like. I don't know why. One day at work, I just went into the wormhole and I was just googling Christopher Cross stuff. I only Croth. Why? Like I'm thinking of Lara Croth. Cross. Christopher Cross. That's his name. Oh, Madison Cross, his daughter. Yeah, she's a cute. But there's a Donald Glover, the guy that got kicked off that show for lying. Oh, that's about, right. Uh, you know, yeah. Oh wait, Donnie Glover got kicked off. Donald Glover got Donald kicked off. Donald Glover. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was him. That was him. Yeah, he's the one that got kicked off the show, that show, and then said like he was attacked or some racial shit that didn't even happen. I forget what it was, but people were like, "You're full of shit." I think it was something bad too. I oh, he was, was really on. Um, wasn't he on like um something nine? Nine nine nine. The uh, uh, Bruno, Bino, Childish Gambino, the rapper Donald Glover, like uh, who's like uh. How do you guys know who Donald Sock is though? No, it's Donald Glover's cousin, Donald Sock. Adam, get some bad news for you. I heard today on the radio. Bad news for you today. Actually, we were just talking about this. I think either today or yesterday. Um, the Kardashians will be ending their run in 2021. Oh, no. It's 14, 14 years, oh. 20, ep- 20 seasons. The Kardashians ah. are saying goodbye. And uh, so I was listening to this. I was, I, I've heard this on two different stations and um, two different perspectives. One perspective was that E! only has really two shows going on right now. They have the Bellas and they have the Kardashians. And uh, Terry Bradshaw's show is going to be coming in pretty soon. Which I don't think that's he's a senile old quarterback with, with serious head injuries, if, yeah, with a yeah. couple handful of you know eights for daughters. So it might be good to look at, but I don't know if it's going to be anything of composure there. But another thing I heard of was because uh, during the Kardashian run, it, the, Kim and her mom pretty much ran the show, and they really liked to like um, not so much their personal life. But their sisters' personal lives and their brothers' personal lives, and they, they like to expose all the cheating, all that stuff that was going on. And now that shit's getting real with, with Kanye and Kim, like they, someone said that Kim wants to pull the plug on this because she she wants to into get be entertained by her sisters and all that shit's bad stuff. But when it comes to her, she wants yeah. she now she's like, oh well, wait, that stuff's not right for the for the public eye, you know. I have a crazy okay. husband, you know. I mean, like should, I said, we should we should throw them all on an island yeah. and see how well they fare. That's what I think that we should do. I mean, they're she, not going to last very long. She should have thought about that before she had Ray J's peepee deep in her mouth. Although I do think the Bradshaw show, it's yeah. probably going to end up kind of like the Hulk Hogan one, where it's like going to last like two or three seasons, yeah. and be kind of entertaining for a while. And Brick, then drop I off. mean, well, yeah, Brick Holden was a, Brick Hogan was a smoke show. I mean, absolutely it was, but it was bizarre because she was hot, but she had she like, like that a mom. build, but she like, looked, she had like fucking build like a rock. Like, yeah, she had like, I mean, <laughs> but she looked like the mom. Like it was, yes. like, she was like a clone, right? So she looked, and, like, and then 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 um. One of them started dating a dude or a woman that looked like like Hulk. Yes. Hulk dated his fiance. It looked exactly like Brooke. It was creepy nice. as fuck. She was, <laughs> you know, Brooke Hogan. She's like six one. She has like a size thirteen foot or something like that. Yeah, like all the steroids her dad took went yeah. right to her. Like seriously, like. And then, they, then you get the fucking delinquent son, right? Who uh, got pulled over for speeding at one hundred and ten oh, miles per hour. 
So got his ticket and then went back into his car and drove another 110 miles per hour and killed someone like minutes Fucking later. Tool bag. Yeah. He, he's in a state pen somewhere in uh in Florida, which which I can't imagine being a good. It's probably one of the my top five least states I want to be in a prison is Florida. I feel like he said that he saw the movie The Fast and the Furious and was like, that's going to be my life. I told you what happened to me when I we seen Fast and the Furious when I was in high school. We all went. It was my junior year. Oh, senior year. So we all had cars. So we watched Fast and the Furious and we're all hyped up on fast driving. So I jumped in my old Jeep and I was speeding around the Showcase Cinema parking lot and reveal like a lunatic. And then I went into the main road across the street from the Squire Club and I like I gassed it. Then I pulled the e-brake and cut the wheel and kind of skidded out and skidded back. And got pulled over and got a $150 ticket for reckless driving. Yeah, so do so for all you kids out there, do not watch The Fast and the Furious and then go decide you're going to try to be fast. And oh, furious. you know what? Like uh, Nick Hogan, man, he's out of jail, bro. Oh, he is. Like, yeah, he yeah. only did. Uh, he's been out of jail since like 2008. He only did like eight months. Are you kidding me? Eight for- months for killing someone in a vehicle yeah. homicide incident? He did four years probation. You think we and- get him on the show? Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure he's like he, he probably lays super low. <laughs> you think so? I mean, yeah. I mean, I would love to just to get into the inside of like yeah. Nick. Have you ever had sex with your sister? <laughs> Wait, was he involved in like a murder for hire thing? I'm reading. Was I don't know. Really? Maybe I, I don't know. Googling like where is he now? And I see like murder for hire or something. Oh, shit. Blah, blah, blah. I don't. I don't Scandalous. Fucking... I don't know. I was murdered for hired once. I turned it down though. I couldn't do it. My, the money wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? What does it mean when you plead no contest? Is that like saying, eh, if, if you say I did it, I did it? Is yeah, that what that's like? Guilty. You're guilty. It's the same as a okay. guilty plea. It's it, just like you're not uh, admitting to it. So like in like certain yeah. civil cases, like if you cause civil damage, yeah, you know what I mean, and stuff or anything, that can't be used against you. That you yeah. It's like it. a discontinuance without a finding? <laughs> pretty much. It's like saying, eh, if you say I did it, I did it. Fine. Yeah. That's pretty much what that is. Got it. That's one of those things where it's like, you're guilty, but we're not going to document the guilt. We're going to say that you said you did, but we're going to find out a way to compromise and meet you in the middle. <laughs> oh, he looks like shit. Because, nice. yeah. Who, Nick Hogan looks Go like bald. shit? Is Good. it really? Well, that's coincidentally enough. We have someone on the show tonight who invented a cure for baldness, right? <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Get- yeah, yeah. Little, I'm going to be grilling her. A little teaser for you, but... First, we have our first guest, who is ringing in right now. Mr. Glover, would you like to bring her in? Okay. From teen mom to CEO, by the age of 20, Tamika Newhouse, the author of 16 novels, has landed on numerous bestsellers lists and is the winner of eight African-American literary awards. Only nine months after debuting her first novel in 2009, she landed a major publishing contract without an agent and went on to become the CEO of Delphine Publications. To date, she has published nearly 200 titles, launched the careers of hundreds of writers, and produces the only entertainment award show for writers called the AAMBC Literary Awards. Meet Tamika Newhouse. Tamika. Looks like she's still loading to get in here. The, mo- oh, mo- oh. the, the internet's been a little crazy today, I think. Uh, I'm having issues all day at work. Uh, but we see her. She's here. Although... There were there were several episodes where Mr. Glover was there and displayed by words, but you couldn't puncture the uh, the wound, if you will. 
Oh, oh yeah, I was like, I wasn't using the app. Yes. All right, there is Tamika. How are you doing, Tamika? Welcome to the idea. Hey guys, Nicole hi. I'm pretty great, pretty peachy. So I'm sorry for the delay. No, it's all right. Were you able to hear uh, Ryan's wonderful introduction of you? I, 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 I did. I, I kind of sound really important, by the way. That's like, that's pretty me. impressive. Okay. <laughs> so uh, where are you uh, joining us? Important, yeah. Where, where are you uh, joining us from today? I am in Atlanta. Ah. Hot Atlanta. Atlanta. So, what's what's the uh, weather? Yeah, what's what's the weather like down there been, tonight? It's been pretty hot. Um, it's cooling down a little bit. We're in the mid eighties a okay. little bit. You know, we was getting to the high nineties and peaking in on the hundreds over oh, the past wow. couple of weeks. But it's starting to feel a lot calmer now. That's good. Hopefully, it goes there. But it's Atlanta, so who knows? One of my favorite towns I've ever been to is Atlanta. It's a great place. I know. Like, it's so much to do here in Atlanta. Yeah. The culture is, you know, it's always great food. It's, well, when, you know, prior to COVID, yep. we had the festivals, we got the art scene, you know, it's all so many different lounges and always something to do and socialize in Atlanta. So I love Atlanta. I was down there uh, for the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It was a great time. That place. Was, I bet you did. I bet uh, you did have a good time. I had a bad time once the Patriots won too, because I'm an old Pats fan. But uh, it was a good time. Okay. The under well, well, you, but outside the game, I'm pretty sure. You yeah. Know, you oh yeah. The underground yeah. is some place I've never ventured to in Atlanta, but I always wanted to. But I feel like you need to go with a local because if, as a tourist to go to the Atlanta underground, you feel like you don't know where you're going. It could be. I don't. I wouldn't even know how to get to said underground. As you a know tourist. what is. You would only be touring the underground with a local. I would not mm -hmm. like. I would not tell an outsider who doesn't have know anybody here go to the underground. Yes. Okay. No, that's I'm the impression not. that I got from <laughs> the underground. Yeah. Nah, I wouldn't suggest that. Um, it's. I mean, it is if you really want to kind of get down to like the roots of Atlanta and kind of see a lot of locals. Yeah. You know, the underground is definitely that. Yeah, but uh, is you know it's it's not for everybody. Yeah, that's 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 the impression that I got, and uh, that's why I didn't try to seek it out on my own, um, because it'd probably be a bad situation. Uh, yeah, I want you to come home with your stuff, with your things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> my, my little cousins were living out there. They just moved, but I was waiting for them to turn twenty-one, so they gave me the insight of the underground and take me around as their old gotcha. elderly oh, cousin. Right. But uh, like you need, you need to walk around knowing where you're going. Acting like you know where you're going down there. For yeah, real yeah, real. yeah. The most famous place we, they've been talking about in Boston sports radio for the last like two months now is uh, Magic City, down in Atlanta. And I understand they have the greatest wings in the Southeast, but that's you know the what? That's funny. I, I was actually on Twitter the other day, and I'm a, I tweet a lot, and I speak freely about a lot of stuff. And I, I mentioned, you know, stripper chefs, you know, chefs in, at the strip clubs, they don't get a lot of credit. I agree. So I actually <laughs> shouted out the stripper chefs a couple weeks ago on, on my Twitter. Like y'all be rocking it out. Y'all don't understand. Like yeah. they really are like a like the life, like a really good important piece of the strip clubs down here in Atlanta. Right. I mean, it took out half <laughs> the Miami. It took half the Miami Marlins out just for the wings. So I mean, I mean <laughs> right. Like be we be good. going there just to eat. Like the girls, you know, that's that's, that's yeah. like a, an extra. That's an add on. But we've been going there for the wings. Me and Adam were on the, <laughs> at a at a place of, of that nature once before, and uh, we noticed people were eating wings there, and in uh, pizza. And pe yeah, people were having a feast at the strip club. Now, from where we're from, that is kind of like one of those things you don't do. It kind of sounds unsanitary, right? Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, it sounds unsanitary, but I mean, the 
Well, I, I come from Fort Worth, Texas, and okay. Fort Worth was like a small town outside of Dallas. And I we back then it was so small that we knew everybody, and the best places to eat was always the ugliest places. It was a hole in the walls. It was probably oh, it was yeah. a gas station. Yeah. Like the gas station used to have a cook. <laughs> So we used to always get our burgers and our chicken from the gas station. Like if you really want to eat good in in the city, you yeah. go to the ugliest places. What about uh, maybe food? Yeah. What about like a buffet? What if there was a strip club that had like an all you can eat buffet? With, you know, with, without a sneeze guard. I, 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 huh. <laughs> now, now prior to COVID, yeah. I, that would be a really good idea. Now with COVID happening, you know, folks in the club is already yeah. a little saucy. Mm-hmm. You know, they ain't really paying quite attention to everything. I don't know. We want to do the buffet. I've, I've been strip club. That's I've been, a thought, though. Yeah, no, I've been to a, like a swingers slash strip club once before. That was a yeah. Bring, well, now you telling on yourself? No, okay. no, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a uh, a potluck. So everyone brought their own food there. It was very bizarre. Was I like, need to go. No, I don't. I mean, that sounds interesting. That, so, you know, I'm a writer as well. So yeah. I would like to know more about this swinger situation. It, it was in. You know, just for research purposes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, it was in Las yeah, Vegas. It, it could be a research. scene in the book. Yeah. A, yeah. Yes, research purposes. Like a potluck and yeah. swinging? It, it was in okay. La- it was in Las Vegas. Me, it was uh, several years ago. Well, 12 years ago. Me and my, uh, my former oh, co-host man. went there. <laughs> And uh, the, the, we, the one that the, the points for to invite us in was the fact that they had food and like, well, it's a potluck, but, you know, help yourself, you know. So we went and uh, it was quite help the yourself. spread. People had the cocktail wiener was the big uh, hit. I think everyone had a lot of those. The on cocktail their wiener. <laughs> they were very ironic. But, uh, wow. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something that uh, I, I, some thoughts here. I didn't <laughs> sample the food. But plenty of people did, so I'm assuming it was all right. But no sneeze guards. That was oh gosh, I need to say twelve years ago. Yeah. So that was a different world. It was a different. You know, world. We have a whole new normal going on. I'm surprised. Yeah, people be wearing masks in those places now. You know, I mean, that, like in Atlanta, if we're talking about you know the mask guards and wearing you know the, the face guards and all that jazz. Um, well, ain't nobody really doing that in the strip clubs. No, I can't imagine that's uh, oh, the strip clubs. No, like they breaking the rules. I can't believe they were in open. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Atlanta being open. Atlanta was open in May. Yeah. Like come like June one, we was out of there. Like nobody was in the house. Mm-hmm. They was like forget social distancing. Trump said we can come out. Yeah. That's what they did. Uh-huh. All kinds of parties and black like everything was going on in Atlanta. I was just sitting at home watching. I didn't come out until a couple months later. Oh, I don't blame you. We're we're in Massachusetts. We're equivalent to being in county jail up here. We got our times we can go get food. We get our times we can go get drinks, but we get a we can't go to certain places after certain times. So it's, it's pretty much like being in like having really? a, having an ankle bracelet on up here and walking around making sure you can't do stuff. So yeah, Atlanta folks ain't falling for that at all. Rules, rules. No, I would know. Hmm. Yeah, rules. They, they don't understand that down here at all. You know, but it's 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 a hell of a time. Do you, have you guys been improving much with the uh, Corona, or is it kind of? I'm gonna keep it 100. When when they when COVID first started happening, you know, everybody was forced in the house, and so we were sitting there watching the numbers, mm-hmm. and then along with that, we were sitting there watching all the protests and you know this uprising. It was just chaos in cities everywhere, and then in countries everywhere. So I was. I would, you know, focus on what was going on. Like I was consumed in it. Then after a while, I'm like, it's exhausting. So it's happening. It's going on. 
but it doesn't have to be a part of my day every day. I don't want to consume my every day with what's going on. So I don't really know what numbers is at. I don't really know what's going on in the city. I know I'm good. Yeah. I know I'm being safe and, you know, being, you know, leading with precaution and all that. But I don't really know what's going on. I, I, I decided to detach mm-hmm. myself from the everyday headlines of all this stuff. It was just a lot. It's crazy. You know, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know, I like we, we talked to a lot of guests to come on the show and we it's interesting because we get a lot of people from all around the country, so we get their perspective of what the hell is going on in their region of the of the country. And it seems to be pretty much uh, it's a lot of it's the same. You know, a lot of people just you know just trying to wait this stuff out, and it looks like it's getting better. I guess, right? I would say, uh, it has, you know, or at least it's, it's becoming it. just. I think people are just getting accustomed to it. Yeah, it uh, could people be. are still yeah. getting sick. People are still things are still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are kind of just the the patience is is not there, and it's not technically in, in immediately in people's face anymore. So people kind of just going on about their day, and I say lead with precaution. Like I've always been like this germaphobe. Yeah, you know, I, I make sure that I wash my hands and I keep my distance and things like that. So just be smart, be practical. Mm-hmm. And again, let's wait it out and go from there. That's right. Uh, to me, I want to talk about some of your books here. I'm always ah. curious to get in the mind of people who write certain kind of novels. And I'm looking at the description for a lot of your books. And a lot of them revolve around, you know, love, sex, and betrayal. And yeah. Yeah. It's like, now, what inspires you most to write? Is it like personal experience? Is it just like kind of like fantasy? Is it like like where do most what, what mostly inspires you? Well, when I started writing, I'm a natural storyteller, so I was telling stories, and I finished my first book when I was 12. So I've always been this person that had these ideas and these 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 emotions in my head. Um, so bringing them out, writing them out, creating these characters, creating these lives, that was something that was always natural for me. So when I was younger, I had a different reason to why I was creating. And I think people forget that writing is an, it's an art form. Mm-hmm. So just like with music and, you know, with acting, you should be forever evolving with your writing. And so my reasoning behind my, my stories then is not the same now. But I didn't really experience a lot. Um, of affection and passion and, you know, and drama and all of that, you know, in my early years, I wrote about it. And it was interesting, you know, and, and some of the things I wanted to experience as far as sexually or um, adventurous or um, new experiences, traveling, all these different things, many different people, I didn't quite experience a lot of that growing up. And then as I started my book career, and I created these stories i started living some of these things like you grow up you experience things Mm -hmm. like i fell in love a couple times you know my children started growing up and challenging me in different spaces so i began to learn a new me so now when i write it's more so from experience at first it wasn't now it's more so you got a lot of steamy stuff going on here yeah Oh, what you trying to say? I mean, going deep in the archives. Well, starting at the ultimate no-no, you see. <laughs> so now the ultimate no-no that was about lying, cheating, betrayal, oh, and yeah, things like that. Okay. You know, you didn't. That tends to be like the common denominator in folks' relationships. So yeah, that's true. Uh, the more these that you write, though, does it get a little harder? Like, because you know, I mean, how many times can you be get into detail to like kind of? talk about what two people are doing you know what i mean I'm, I'm sure you hit some roadblocks occasionally yeah at some I did. point I, but i hit roadblocks because of 
other distractions. Like if I was in the beginning of my writing career and I didn't have all these other obligations, I wasn't touring, I wasn't speaking, I, w- I didn't have my festival, I wasn't doing films and all that jazz. So it's things now that distract me. So now I have to be a little bit more structured mm-hmm. in my creativity and I have to kind of sit down and be engrossed in the world that I'm creating. Now, once I become a part of the world that I'm creating, it will flow because these are new people. And I'm connecting with these people and I'm writing about their lives. And, and if I'm not, if I find myself being stuck, that means I'm not connected to these people and I need to get to learn them again. It's really a process of connecting with your characters, understanding what the story is, um, understanding, you know, where you want the story to flow and to go. And again, I have to, you know, get to know them. Mm -hmm. Like I have to build bios and things sometimes for my characters. Makes sense. It's character, uh, you know, development or whatnot. Yeah. So, so how old were you when you moved from Texas to Georgia? Or was that the direct uh, line? Yeah, I, I moved from Texas to Georgia when I was 26. Okay. So you spent the majority of your life in Texas. I spent the majority of my life in Texas, yeah. So I pulled off the fun facts from your website and it said... Uh, oh, Lord. You wrote your, <laughs> wrote your first book at 12 years old, which is actually pretty impressive because I've, I've, never, I've never finished a book in my life. Never alone wrote one. Like reading it? Never. I've always just skipped to the end. Ever. Oh, poor baby. Yeah. I, 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 I think I had ADD and I would never diagnose. That's what it is. You know, you know, some people can't sit through, you know, yeah. but maybe you should try one of mine's out. One I of might have to at this point. Grown up yeah. Tales. Yeah. A, a passion, yeah. a tale of love and passion. You know? Yeah. Let me keep go. your attention a little bit. So it's, yeah. <laughs> so said you also preached to an, an entire sermon to 300 people. Yeah. How old were you? When I, was that like, I was like a PK kid. So I grew up in a, I grew up heavy in the church. Okay. So, which probably is why I wrote a lot because, you know, life was boring. It was either school or church. And, um, and Ryan, I don't know how you were raised. I know in the, in the, and uh, fellas, I don't know if y'all grew up Christian either, but you know, Christianity, they have this structure Mm -hmm. and we had a very strict way of, you know, how we had to do our devotion and our gifting and our you know our our faithfulness and our discipline with our religion and so growing up as a christian like we had all these different rules i was a pk kid i was in church five days out the week i was in choir i was on the dance team um i was a part of the youth department i was in the outreach department um and then once a month they allowed someone to preach from the youth department Hmm. that's pretty cool i mean it's uh yeah and i wanted to because I was just that kid. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I preached about being pregnant by Jesus. It was being like being pregnant by Jesus. Like Jesus coming into you, you know, he yeah. worked in the spirit and all that. So yeah. And I was like 10 Jesus. or something like that. Nine or 10. Because you didn't understand the whole idea. I mean, you understand the concept. But you didn't understand the yeah, actual. Yeah, I didn't really know what I was the, talking the about. The science behind it, right? Yeah. No, it yeah, it's way more to religion than I than I was led previously when I, as a child. So yeah, yeah. it's I didn't know what I was talking I grew up in a Catholic church as, as well as Adam. Ray, you grew up Catholic guy, right? Uh, I was raised Protestant, Protestant, but I was never confirmed. Catholic church. <laughs> he was never confirmed. I backed out. I, I, no. Catholic <laughs> Catholic church is a lot of a lot of talking in Latin, a lot of like uh, chanting and whatnot. I always looked at like the uh, the Southern churches. My my wife's a Baptist, and uh, they always seem to have way more fun in church than we it do. Is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I would actually I, look forward to our, our, I think it's something within our, you know, our, our, our beings, our spirit, our energy. It's the rhythm, 
it's the soul or the texture of our, our tones and our voices. Yeah. Um, and then we tend to, we can't sit still. And we, you know, we tend to be loud and extravagant with everything that we do. Like, I don't know if y'all ever experienced us in car games, domino games, house <laughs> parties. Like, we just extra with everything. So, you know, we're going to be extra when it comes to church. Yeah. So, yes. Like everybody, and then growing up in church, I knew who was going to be doing their shouting, mm -hmm. who was about to be falling out crying. I knew who was going to be doing that every week, every week, same old thing. Oh my god! If church was that fun, <laughs> I would I would have went to church a lot more. We just dread it. Sunday mornings, we'd get there, and when we had to go, I was sitting there, it was like, oh, Dolores, hour. don't do that. No, oh. don't do that because my church service lasts over four hours. Oh God. One now, service oh god. over four hours. So yes, half day of work on <laughs> on Sundays. Yes, on All Sunday, right. Sunday morning service, you got like praise and worship that start at nine, and we don't leave okay. the sanctuary to after two. So <laughs> I was going to ask you that because down south, you guys are big football fans. I know it's more college yeah. football. So college football that was a always, big conflict. Yeah, so I was going to say, so college football is on Saturday. You get all day Saturday to have fun. Sundays kickoffs at one on the East Coast, so you're missing the first quarter. But you, you're preaching. They missing it. Your preacher's got to be football fans too. I mean, everyone loves football down south, right? No, he wasn't, and oh. he used to make people feel guilty. Oh, that's like it. nope. And then this is prior to the internet. Yeah. So and cell phones, so you didn't know who won until you got home and you had to watch the highlights. Like the damn Cowboys are on at noon. You know, I gotta go. I gotta yes, go. <laughs> and the Cowboys played every Sunday, and the Cowboys played every Thanksgiving. Yep. And not only that, my church always wanted to do a family dinner, which I kind of liked, mm -hmm. but he wanted to take over our Thanksgivings too. Oh God! <laughs> Everything was church. <laughs> That's why you wear a secret little earpiece. That's right. Just listen. <laughs> This is prior to the internet and all that technology stuff. Oh, that's true. It's crazy. It wasn't that little back then. You won't have like this big old type of earpiece. We could see it and hear it. <laughs> but at least with all the singing and dancing going on, you could like someone could score a touchdown. You just cheer and like it's fine. Right? Exactly. No, in a black church, you would get in Have you ever experienced a black mother in the church? You would get called to the front of the church. <laughs> oh, no. If you were showing out, they yep. would put you on the altar. And they will call you out in front of everybody. Oh, no. no. That's yeah, awesome. Can, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So you, so you said you never went to your prom. It's awful. So you, ne you never you never went to prom. Why was that? Was it a choice? Or did you just find out, like, you know, did your, your preacher make you go to church that night and you couldn't go? Or like... No, nah, I mean, I, was, um, I wasn't I was sociable. Yeah. I was just a homebody. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go to prom. Yeah. I didn't either. So it's all good. I, I, really I went to my girlfriend's to. prom. I didn't go to my prom. Yeah, I, went to I didn't really want to. Did I didn't like school? I didn't like people at school. Yeah, you didn't miss my so. prom. I went to about seven proms, and it, all there was cost lots and lots and lots of. You went to seven money. proms. I got around, you know, all these girls. You seem like the dude in high school that was like <laughs> loud. You walked the hallways, <laughs> greeting everybody like the like the sports <laughs> jock. Was that him? I, I wasn't a jock, but I was voted most sociable. So I was. See? A, I was okay. a sociable guy, yes. So you pinpointed me. Yeah, I was. I was a very terrible athlete. Did you um, go out with the homecoming queen? No, as well? no, no. I wish. Okay. No, no. I, that was that was the football. I see. I was. I, my sport was golf. I was a golfer. And uh, golf. Yeah, we weren't really. <laughs> we weren't really pulling the the, head, the cheerleaders. You know, we weren't exactly that caliber. But gotcha. I had a lot of friends on the team that were hockey players because the golfers would the hockey players would play golf to help their swing for the winter. So okay. yeah, so I I I was kind of in, but I wasn't I wasn't totally in. I was like I was a uh, uh, what do you call it a, a a guest to their uh, society, if you will. I wasn't a member, gotcha. you know what I mean? So 
but gotcha you come I, in I was the bridge that. like between tribes like I would I would always know somebody kind of in each group but I was never really part of any real group I gotcha was like the... so you were just cool with everybody mm-hmm. yeah but I wasn't like like involved really with any I was just kind of like I had my little small little group of friends yeah you were just like, there yeah I was just there and I just kind of <laughs> pop in to other people and like yeah pretty much. yeah the only thing I was on my school newspaper I did do that I was too Yes, nice. I was on the newspaper in the journal. You know, I did the yearbook, so I was part of the yearbook committee. So I did that. Other than that, that was it. Yeah. High school is <laughs> a weird time, but you know, I mean, I love. I, I get my uh, twenty year reunion coming up in a in a year or so. Ooh. And uh, you look good for twenty year reunion uh, coming up. Thank you. Thirty six years old. I go. We. Uh, Thirty six. You, hey, you still a baby. I am a baby. I'd like to think so, except when I wake up in the morning. You're not a spring chick. You're more like late summer. Late summer chick. <laughs> late summer chick. So I just had mine last week, The uh, my high school reunion. It was over Zoom because of COVID. Oh. Yeah. Almost freaking boxes. Must have been crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of whack. What was it, Ryan? Was it your 30th reunion you had? No, my 20th, yeah. He <laughs> said 30th. I'm just joking. You going to let him shade you? I'm just joking. <laughs> Don't do that. No, he looks <laughs> he looks younger than me. I, I actually thought he was I thought you were in your twenties when I first met you. Hey, my twenty years is coming up soon too. Oh, Next year. It's gonna be fun. I can't I can't wait. I can't wait to, because you know I'm back because you was the fun guy. No. I can't wait because <laughs> it, it, I don't know. I think it's probably a bad thing. I like to go there and, and, and just check out see well, I guess everyone's on Facebook these days, so it's not as like it was used back in the old days where you yeah, didn't know. Yeah, in the old know. days, you have to kind of think about where everybody is. Yeah, like online. I, I pretty much know, I'm friends with probably, you know, say 75%. We only had a small class. We had like a couple hundred people. So like, gotcha. you know, friends with most of them on Facebook. So like I could see they're all have kids, they're married, you know, some are in jail. Yeah. A few are dead. You know, you can keep track of them very easily, you know, so Still it's Still like, they're dead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I mean. They were the most likely, probably most likely to die when we're in high school, and they they won the award. But I mean, it's terrible oh. to say, but you could you can you can tell when you're 16 years old where the path that some kids are gonna go. Yeah, you can. You know? I I just saw. That's funny. You said I saw somebody from high school from like a week. He was very sloppy in high school, mm-hmm. and he so happened to show up in my feed of like friends to probably add, and he looks way worse. And I was like, dang, I knew he was gonna look like this growing up. I knew it. It's horrible. And then he had four children. Let me not talk on the babies. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Lord, the apples don't fall too far from the tree. So, yes, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> the worst of the ones that, <laughs> you know, were the, uh, what was it, what they say when you were, when you, you, you had to come out of your, your, what's the saying? You know, when you, you kind of look like the ugly duckling, but all of a sudden. Yeah, the ugly you know, duckling moment. Like, it's a, it's a. Oh, I know what you're saying. But then, like, you, get, then you mature to. and grow up, and all of a sudden, you're like, "Damn!" Like, I just if I just invested in that stock, I would have been all right. When yeah, you would have been all right, right, <laughs> right. right. Like everybody kind of goes to that moment, a little awkward moment. Yeah. Like my son is 13, and he's going through it now because he's not he's not small, but he's not big. His voice isn't deep, but it's oh, it's not yeah. that was deep me. enough. That was me. So no, he's school. going through that. Yeah, no, that middle was school. That's middle school. That was middle me. School, everyone's got. Everyone's greasy. I mean, oily, and just—it's just an. Everybody go through that. I was like, okay, just grade seven. No, and I have to get him to understand. Yeah. Normal. Seven and nine were a nightmare for me. I mean, that's where I was like, oh. Seven and nine. uh, Grade seven to nine. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm yeah, gonna say, dang! When no, you were seven yeah. years old. At ten years old, I was mature. I had a beard. I was, you know, I was driving a car. It was great. Yeah. I was so a, seventh I was grade, advanced. and I'm gotcha. Yeah, I can so see middle that. school. 
terrible yeah, time. Yeah, he's in the eighth grade. So yeah. I imagine going into the ninth grade. These Miserable. next couple of years are going to be interesting for him. Yeah. But then you find you're out your way. Usually around that time, you figure out what way you're going to go and what groups and, you know. and Yeah, and then, you figure it out. And then before you know it, you're in college, and it's, then you're in a whole other world. So, but. You know what's crazy is I used to think that being an adult, you could just have this freedom to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You you do, but it comes with a lot of crap, like a lot of just oh, bull yeah. that you deal with, and it a lot of it doesn't even have to do with your choices. It's the people in the world. Yeah, like it's other people that you're going to come across that's going to either make it great mm-hmm. or make it not so great. So it's yeah. It's, now that I'm an adult, adult. I feel like I'm real an adult now. I thought I was grown coming in like 25, 26, but no. Yeah. At 34, I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. I have all the tools that I need to have a really great, blissful next 34 years. Well, there you so. go. Life is like a, play, a game of Zelda. You know what I mean? You can take any turn you want, and it'll, it'll depend on how the game ends. You know what I mean? You have to make the right decisions. and You have to make the right decisions. Yeah, I mean, you- along the way, is learning exactly those tools you just spoke on uh like you know like encountering i guess the other people in the world so like when you were uh writing early on because you know being a writer you face a lot of rejections is that like what kind of like led you to like you know starting your own like publication company so you you wouldn't have to that's a good question um and to answer your question no um well i started my own publishing company after i started my first company which is the book club i started a digital book club to talk about black books um our stories um mainly because these writers were unknown and i was excited about that there were hundreds of black writers that i didn't know about um prior to that i was just introduced to the same 30 to 50 same old writers that we grew up in school reading about same old books and libraries so when I discovered all of these other writers, majority of them were independent. And I was kind of annoyed in, at the fact that no one told me that I could make my own dreams come true. Like this was something I had spoken outwardly at 12. I was going to write books. I was going to move to Atlanta. I said all these things at 12 mm-hmm. and I was going to be this full-time actress. And nobody told me I could just do it myself. I really thought that I had to wait for someone to give me an acceptance letter to say, yes, your story is good enough. Let me publish you. Mm-hmm. But when I discovered that I could do it myself, I went and on Google, I bought some self-publishing books. I did the research myself. I named the company after my mother. And the rest was history. I was on tour before my book even came out because I was wow. pressed. That's awesome. I was like, that's like, I can do this myself. Like, I'm about to put out my book. I'm an authoress. And in nine months, like I was doing the most that, that first year when, when my, my book first came out, but it was mainly because I could do it. Like, I didn't want to wait mm-hmm. for someone to tell me that my, my book was good enough. Oh, one more question about the uh, eight ball and MJG film. Uh, yeah. I you, uh, you wrote on that and you produced, what was that experience like? I grew up in Texas. So I grew up knowing eight ball and MJG's music way before a lot of people in the world because they uh, were a part of a Houston-based label. And, you know, Houston had, they they dominated, you know, the rap game for a few years in yeah. the late 90s and early 2000s. It was several different independent record companies there. So when I got the opportunity to meet them, first of all, meet them, you know, that was one of, it's, it's few celebrities, I meet celebrities all the time, and those were the few that kind of took me there, like, this is like really happening, like, this is eight balling, and they're so normal. 
Uh, Ball is very shy. MJ is very reserved. Um, they're not as um, they're not like the the gang the the rap rappers that you see on you know the internet now. They're very they're all about the music. Mm. They're all about the craft. They're just regular you know dudes, and they don't really like you know, the attention and exposure and all that. They just go and, and do great music. So creating and being a part of that biopic was um, mind-boggling for me, first of all, because I got into this the right books. Um, two, it was a, a more of another humbling moment for me to kind of keep going about this journey of mine because it's leading me in all kind of different directions that I never thought about. Um, and then everything is coming full circle. So all of my, 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 everything from my childhood to my early teachings, to my own self-discoveries, it just helped solidify my journey. So it was, it was an uplifting experience for me in my own journey. That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. What's well, making? That was a, such a loaded answer. Yeah, no, it was just, <laughs> that was, it was a good answer. We have another minute or so with you, but, uh, how, where would people go to check you out? Buy your book, do all that stuff. Yeah, so it's easy to find me because I work in branding. So everything is my name, Tamika okay. Newhouse. So there's Tamika Newhouse.com, Tamika Newhouse on Instagram, Tamika Newhouse on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, y'all, because I'm funny on Twitter. Like, right. and my Twitter be popping a couple times. I go viral. <laughs> so people like when I talk on Twitter. I'm interested. Yeah. Now, I don't really like to show my face a lot. So I'm not as engaged on Instagram, but I am on Instagram. Follow me there. Okay. I have my podcast that I produce, which is a memoir pod. And this year we're adding a visual element to it. So a, a TV show element that will be streaming on Amazon Prime. And so it's called Traces of Mika. Okay. And that's on, it's streaming on everything that you can think of when it comes to podcasts. Um, it's on YouTube, it's Traces of Mika, which is my name, Mika, M-I-K-A. And uh, Black Rise Weekend, which is a festival that I produce for writers and that are in publishing and in film. Go to blackwritersweekend.com. Cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Hey, we have it was awesome talking to you. We had a good time. Yeah, it was awesome talking yeah. to you guys too. You guys were fun. Hey, hey thank you. <laughs> we don't usually get I that. Got an, and then you got a little flavor tea. <laughs> I like that. So there you go. <laughs> well, thank you again, and uh, we'll have you back soon. Next time, you uh, keep in touch with us. All right. Yes, definitely invite me back. I'm gonna try to be on time next time, but you know how awesome. we do. No, listen, we're always we're always late, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. So thank you again. Y'all continue hey, to be safe. new house here on the ID84 show. All right. She was really cool. She was a good. She was a good guest. Look at you, Ryan. You're getting a good one. She was fun, huh? Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting lady. Um, I would just uh, want to give a shout out to uh, Alex Wallace, our religious watcher, watching tonight. And at any point during the show tonight, by the way, I could be a uncle for the first time. My sister is currently oh, sister. in labor. So, uh, wow. at any point, if I say, "Hey, by the way," I'm Uncle Adi. Who doesn't want an Uncle Adi, right? <laughs> Sounds like a bad idea, Uncle Adi. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know the name of the kid yet. She hasn't told anyone. Well, my, my mother accidentally found out like a couple days ago. So my mother is like, uh, and my uh, my sister's mother-in-law are the only two that really know. So uh, I'm really hoping it's a, it's a, he, she's naming him Adi. So, you know, after her favorite brother and grandfather and father. And, and your mom's really withheld that information from you? She literally found out. Probably 24 hours ago, if that. Oh, wow. So I'm shocked she's been able to like keep it and quiet. It was a complete secret. My sister accidentally released a picture to my mother that had the baby's name on it.
because she had getting pictures taken, I guess, to post once it all said and done, and had the baby's name like in a on a thing. And my mother, of all people, who was not very observant whatsoever, was able to pick this out. But so we we she told us she knew um, yesterday, me and uh, my wife, and I could have got it out of my mother if I wanted to, but. I I felt I, I there was going to be a lot if I, I I mean easily I could get anything on my mother she's a pushover, but I was like you know what I'm not going to use my, my my superpowers on my mother today because if I do so, I can't hold a secret. So my sister wound up finding out that I knew the baby's name before the baby knew the name. So <laughs> well, at least you're honest with yeah, yourself. So I know that <laughs> I know I can't keep a secret. So I know it's very very yeah. So I'm like you know what. <laughs> It's probably best that I don't know because I'm going to find out in 24 hours anyway. So, you know, at this rate, I, I don't want, hours, I don't yeah. want my sister to be pissed off because, you know, then all of a sudden it's a tornado of emotion. And I don't need to deal with that. Okay. I had to deal with that for 20-something years living over. So, you know. But. Understandable. Yeah. All right, Ryan, we got a second guest on deck ready to join us tonight. Would you like to introduce her? course in the usa alone there are over 53 million people suffering from various versions of extreme hair loss with those numbers steadily rising demand for effective hair care solutions continually grow topeka tolbert recognized this problem years ago and she looked to her divinity and received the answer pika Healthcare. all right topeka how you doing tonight you're us <laughs> how are you tonight I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Where are you joining us from tonight? I am in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, nice. Making our way across the country. There you go. Are you, yeah. in, a, are you in a laboratory, it looks like, in the background? I'm actually at work. Okay. I'm, I'm done working for the day, so I just stayed here so that I can be in a quiet space. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, yeah. My co-host left me, Adam, I thought... The first five years I met him was a chemist and always worked at the laboratory, and I was very, very off. But uh, I, I do like the backdrop; it is uh, pretty cool. It's like it's like you're currently like you know discovering new discoveries as we talk right now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, live on the yes, air. I did a lot of discovering here. It's awesome. I've been in this location for about seven years now, so okay. Yeah. So where did you? I guess how did you fall into the field of? of a hair restoration like what in, what inspired you or what happened that you were like you know i need to find something to deal with this okay so about 10 years ago i would say it would be safe to say about 2010 it was i like to call it a pandemic of hair weaves going on okay. and i used to see a lot of women um primarily african-american women um, they will constantly wear hair weaves and hair braiding all the time. And I used to speak out of my mouth that um, people are going to lose their hair and I'm going to be the one to fix it. Mm -hmm. Because I just seen that women stop liking their natural beauty. They will look for the extensions to enhance their look. While some people do need that, but it's meant to enhance for a special occasion, a wedding, a birthday party but not for an everyday look. Mm -hmm. And so over time, um, being a cosmetologist first for 24 years, clients will come to me and they will have what is called traction alopecia. Okay. And that is when they lose all of the edges. Their edges start to appear bald to the natural eye. And that comes from a lot of tight um, braids and hair weaves. 
And so in those, and during that time, I knew that I had to come up with something to help um, people actually restore their hair after coming out of weeds for many years. Okay. So you're right. So my grandmother was right all these years. She used to yell at me to wear, I used to wear hats all the time. And she was like, why are you wearing hats? She's like, you're going to, it's going to, going to go bald because you're, you're constantly putting pressure on your hair and tighten it up. And I would wear hats that are really tight and stuff like this. And I always thought she was crazy. Then a couple of years ago, I got my new license picture and I compared my two licenses from when I was 21 to when I was 31. I remember that. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. I was like, damn. So, that's Speaker, true. You got to help us. Like, yeah. Can you help a bunch of 30 something year old white guys, please? Is there anything yeah. you can do? I absolutely, I absolutely can help you. Um, so it'll be a different case for you. So just so you know that there are over 50 causes for hair loss. Traction alopecia just happened to be one. Okay. But the number one culprit is it's a hormone called dihydrotestosterone. And just to summarize that, that is the male testosterone that is running rapid in the body that causes the hair to shrink. And so it deminiaturizes the hair follicles, causing to hit the hair to appear very thin. So before the hair can actually pierce through the scalp, the body is, is for lack of a better word, is eating the hair, if you will. Oh, wow. And so the hormone eats the hair. So to help you know, I've formulated products that have what you call DHT inhibitors. So mm -hmm. DHT inhibitors are blockers. So it'll block the body from eating up the hair, if you will, because hair is primarily protein. Mm -hmm. So it's 91% protein and anything that the body could be lacking, the body is going to find it because it's very smart it's going to find it in your hair and it's going to start eating the hair oh, wow. but with the dht that you the good news is there are solutions for that and you can stop that you know you can stop your body from reacting to the dht by using products that have dht inhibitors in them i feel like all those things that you're talking about are sound very expensive and then once you stop using them it just goes right back to the way that it was going is there anything like what can we do <laughs> well it's not really expensive so like for instance one of my shampoos an eight ounce bottle it'll cost you like 25 dollars with shipping oh that's and, not bad right so that's not bad i keep it affordable because my goal is to help people mm -hmm. and it just depends on how severe your hair loss is so if you are a person that um that's experiencing more than 100 hair strands a uh, hair strands shedding per day and you see a big a big difference in your hair then you may need to supplement so supplementing is part of what i do as a hair loss practitioner i suggest different supplements for people because we don't get all the nutrients we need in our day the day-to-day -day diet you know, most time the food is not raised properly to give us what we need. So you may need DHT inhibitors in the form of a, a capsule or pill. And those things, are, you know, it attacks that hormone from the inside. And then you won't have to worry about your hair coming out, you know, because you're stopping it where it's starting, which is internal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wash my hair with uh, like nioxin, and I know that's going to slow things down 
down a little, but it's not going to stop the inevitable. Like it's, well, it's, it's not you want my ha- honest opinion? I started, I did, Nyoxin was my number one pick, I would say back um, 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. I used to use Nyoxin as I started to de- um, learn different products. But what I found with Nyoxin is once you stop using the, it, you're yep. definitely going to lose your hair. And that's yeah. for sure. Yep. You're going to lose your hair. So you have to you have to approach hair with a, a overall holistic approach. With, I like to call it multi-therapeutic, meaning internal, external things, and holistic with my approach because Go ahead. I see you have a question for me. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, no, I, no, I, was say I was just saying too that like as you was talking about like uh, like holistic ways. I was reading what about like uh, like garlic and olive oil. Like does that kind of stuff work too? I was reading some kind of study that's uh, I've read like studies that say this might work, it might work, not work. Some studies show it doesn't work. Some studies show it does work. I I just don't know anymore. <laughs> well, olive oil in particular is a excellent carrier oil, but the difference is in oils is that the oil has to have a very small molecule. So if the oil molecule is too big, it's not going to penetrate down into the scalp. So okay. like, for instance, a popular oil that's out there, like Moroccan oil, it smells beautiful. But Moroccan oil needs a carrier oil in order to penetrate into the skin. So where we have a, it's a sebation gland. And so most people that eat like very oily foods that like healthy oily foods, uh, a lot of avocados, different things that have good fat, they don't need uh, oil to stimulate their scalp because their body produce enough oil. But some people don't eat enough of the right foods and they have very dry hair, very itchy hair. And so my oil is formulated with seven different oils, actually, where anywhere, and I'm going to say this boldly, anywhere on your body that you desire to grow more hair, Pika Hair Care Elixir Serum will definitely grow hair there. So for men that want to fill a beard in, yep, yep. All you have to do is oil your face every day. I have a derma roller tool. You use that tool, it'll fill your beard in. I can't. So it's. I can't grow hair here. I can grow the mustache. I can grow the. It takes me weeks. By by, I don't know why. It takes me two weeks to grow what I got right now. And I, my dad has this like full goatee, and I was like, it was always badass to have a nice goatee. I can't fill in here, and I struggle for years. So. I might have to try. I always just want a goatee once in my life. I just want to kind of have that look. You know what I mean? Just to see how it flows. I just, but I just want this to stop going back. <laughs> so, and I can help you with that. So, I can I definitely help you with that. Let me ask you a question. So they always say hereditary, right? Look at your mom's dad, right? Is that factual or is that just a old wise tale? It is hereditary. Okay. So 94% of hair loss is hereditary. But what makes it hereditary is we develop the same habits that our parents did. Okay. So when you grow up in a household, you eat the same way mm-hmm. that your father and your mom ate. You know, you do the same things that your family do. So then that that is really what makes it hereditary because it passes down from one generation to the next. Makes sense. And so the hormones that are in our body, which is the testosterone, it, it, it's a destroyer of hair. 
if it develops in abundance, it is going to shrink your hair follicles. And so the DHT, to go back to what I was saying originally, the products that you guys use should have DHT in it because that is going to stop the hair from shedding off, whether you man, man, women, boy, or girl. You know, it's safe to use DHT inhibitors if you are experiencing hair loss at any form. So, but hereditary is what we, what things that are passed on from genetics Mm-hmm. And you can stop those things with with DHT inhibitors when it comes to hair. So like, for instance, my um, if your family is a family that have diabetes and high blood pressure, right? Yep. And so if you eat the same foods that your grandfather and your grandmother ate, then it's a high possibility that you will have diabetes and high blood pressure. Exactly. But if you say, hey, I'm going to not eat those things that I know can trigger that, then you can be on a different path for your life. I mean, it makes sense. I guess it's as simple as that. So the yeah. heel loss for men, it seems almost we accept it. For women, it's a lot harder because, you know, women have, it's their hair is sometimes everything for them and stuff. So for a product like this, it seems to be a great option rather than having to get expensive wigs and stuff like this. But let me ask you a question, though. So during say for example medications or say chemotherapy right it, your hair gets lost now say you you're done with the therapy um and now you're starting to recover and back into your healthy lifestyle will this treatment help regenerate the hair that sometimes is lost during these this process absolutely really? and so with with clients like that the treatment the treatment will help and I like to do like consultations, whether it's phone, via Zoom or in person, because then I get to to ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of health and different things that they possibly would go through. But I have other options. So, for instance, I'm not sure if you heard of laser, but um, laser treatments. Okay. It's been proven that they grow 100 percent. They have like a 100 percent rating mm-hmm. on hair growth. And that treatment is considered paramedical. So I have some people that have issues where they can't come to me, but I can ship them a laser that they can use at home. So when people experience chemotherapy and different things like that, one of my products are designed to remove anything negative out of the hair. And it's called an apple cider vinegar wash. And, you know, apple cider vinegar has, amazing properties in itself Mm -hmm. and so with the apple cider vinegar wash it actually goes inside of each hair strand and it pulls out it pulls out the medications that you take oh wow it pulls out cigarette smoke um marijuana smoke cigar smoke the toxins from the environment it takes all of those things out of the hair Mm -hmm. to get it ready to receive good stuff like the dht inhibitor shampoos and all the vitamin, the vitamin B and vitamin C's and vitamin D's that are that's in my conditioner. And then I have, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the 80s, um, glycerin was a product that they formulated for like people that were like the the curly set. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so glycerin was just growing people hair down their back. So I knew that I wanted <laughs> glycerin to be <laughs> in my product. And so that's one of the things that I put in the conditioner and, mm-hmm. and that lives inside of the hair and it just grows, grows and grows, you oh. know? So, 
All I can think is Soul Glow from uh, Coming to America. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. Yes. So you, it says you can take smoke and marijuana. So could someone essentially have to go for a drug test and get hair follicles taken from them and those hair follicles not show any evidence of <laughs> marijuana smoke after using your treatment? I'm just saying out there in theory. Well, and well, I can't tell you how many treatments you will need to okay. remove it out of the hair. Okay. But what I can tell you that it will remove it out of the hair Ooh. strand. And that's because it pulls out anything negative that's in the hair shaft. Interesting notes right there. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm sold. I'm ready. Yeah, right? I'm ready to buy some. Which brings us to the next place. So we got, a, we got about another minute or two here left. But uh, Topeka, where can we find this information or, or get this product from? You can go to www.pika, P-E-K-A-H-A-I-R-C-A-R-E dot com. PikaHairCare.com. Okay. And we have a lot of bald listeners to watch this and listen to this show. So I'm I'm sure <laughs> you might get a flood of uh of uh, people trying to try to help themselves there. But uh but thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was yes, very so educational actually. This is very helpful to uh the uh the the, 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 the the plate that some of us men and women have as we get older. <laughs> so, you know. But thank it's, you for having me. It's my pleasure, and I hope you invite me back again. Yes, we'd love to hear as as your research goes further, uh, more results and some more data. So it would be uh, very interesting. And maybe I can finally get my goatee so, I always wanted to. Before you I'll, go. I'll, I'll, email you some, I'll email you some cases that I've, de- that I've been able to restore, like 75 to 80% of people here. So I'll email you some pictures so okay. you can see a, l- a few things that I've done. But I'm on your site right now before you go. What would you recommend that I buy? Someone like myself. So the, the regrowth kit. Yes. The regrowth kit. Okay. So that, that'll be a good starter for you. Gotcha. Okay. Read the, the regrowth system bundle. Is that what we're looking at? I'm looking yep. at you. Gotcha. All right. Cool. I will. Adam's going to get his lectures locked back. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thank you, Tabika, for joining us. It was yes, a pleasure you. having you. Thank and you. everyone, check out her product. You got to do it. one more time. What's the website? It's www.pekahaircare.com. Pekahaircare.com. All right. There you go. Thank you very Thank much you. for joining us tonight. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. See ya. All right. Topeka Tobert, <laughs> the, the cure, 90, 90 bucks the Let's cure this. for hair loss. There you go. Tonight was a great show. We had uh, we had uh, uh, Tamika Newhouse with her stories and her uh, her books and everything. You got to check that out. She's a very very interesting person. If you tune in late, a very very uh, awesome guest to talk to, and and uh, Topeka, she's gonna cure all our hair loss because we're all gonna, I'm gonna deal be the guinea pig here. So, I'm, I'm gonna be the guinea pig, and I'm I would be. Will you know? Maybe we could get a GoFundMe together so we could fund your hair restoration, and then over the course of the year, say right, we could see the progress of how. I want to see like a, I want to see a nice fro. I want to see like a cool in the gang fro on top of your head. You know what I mean? It's it's ninety bucks. Yeah, but they may be worth it. I, who knows? We'll it's see. I'll, I'll be the guinea pig. Here, when you think right? about it, it's a small price to pay. But uh, sure, if it works, if it's snake oil, then yeah. <laughs> like Tom Brady's doctor, right? Yeah, right. But uh, all right, so at, um, we're about to end episode 150. If you're watching on uh, Facebook right now, we're gonna go. We're gonna continue going for another 45 minutes to an hour. 
But um, so if you listen to the podcast right now, Ryan, what you uh, plugging, my man? Oh, uh, definitely. Just check me out on the packy. I got some cool uh, blogs up on the site. So, yeah, he's the man, the Glover, and Mr. Mallet. What were you? Uh, you can find me on the Whirlwind Potato on YouTube. I've been writing and filming some new stuff, and got to start editing. And I will hopefully, I like I said, by the end of September, early October be off of uh, my uh, hiatus. There you go. So this is the ID84 show. Check us out. YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, uh, Intune, um, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast or video vlog. So check us out. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.